support for this podcast comes from Home Depot Pro. With an inventory of more than 100,000 products, the Home Depot Pro's product selection includes both the name brands you seek and the exclusive brands you trust. For more information, go to www.ebarnett.com. Welcome to The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hello there, SGI family and other contractor friends. I'm so thankful you're here. Uh, as a reminder, all episodes of The Successful Contractor Show are available on YouTube as well as your podcast player of choice. Also, if you're a non-member interested in learning more about SGI, how we can help your business grow both top and bottom line while also becoming part of the contracting industry's largest network of contractors, we are having Profit Day seminars all over the place. New Orleans, Tampa, Las Vegas, and Portland, Maine uh, come to mind right away. So give us a call at 866 866- 299-8505 to attend. SGI members in those markets, if you'd like to come and share with everyone your experiences, your story with that group, give your coach a call. We greatly appreciate you and your help. Today's show is another SGI monthly member discussion. These are interactive live programs where I interview SGI members on a particular topic. Uh, in this discussion, I talk with Jonathan Nevis of Green Energy Mechanical in the Boston area and Joe Voci of JDV Electric in the Philadelphia area. Uh, the topic of today's discussion is growth, namely how these two gentlemen went from small, kind of single-man companies to medium-sized companies that they are today. Uh, both Jonathan and Joe, rising young stars in the contracting game, and they have lots of great information to share in this discussion. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, we cover an assortment of topics that help them grow their companies, from how to understand your financials, to recruiting and onboarding, to training and performance management, to marketing, and a whole bunch more. So without further ado, here's my discussion with Jonathan Nevis of Green Energy Mechanical in Boston and Joe Voci of JDV Electric in Philadelphia. I hope you enjoy it and take away a nugget or two. Thank you everyone for joining us for yet another monthly member discussion. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Uh, as a reminder, monthly member discussions are your opportunities to hear from members like you explain what they're doing to be successful. Think of it as a, a little slice of expo coming to you through your computer or phone every month. Uh, and we have a, a topic that's going to resonate with a lot of you. Um, you know, SGI, we're very fortunate. We hit over a thousand members last year. Uh, we have some really large contractors, some of the biggest in the country. We have some smaller contractors that are, are getting to that midsize. And we have lots of contractors that are in that kind of one to three person operations, aspiring to get to that medium sized company. And that's, that's what we're talking about today. How do you get from a small operation with just a few people to a medium sized business? Uh, and that means you're, you're kind of out of the field, you have office support, and your next move is to start added, adding managers, maybe additional managers if you have one in place. Uh, and that's what, we ta- what we'll be talking about. Um, as a, another quick reminder, um, as we talk about today's topic, if, if one of the panelists mentions something interesting or you'd like some additional explanation of what he's talking about, write that question in the question box on your screen. The last 10 minutes or so in the hour, I'll ask our panelists those questions and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. And speaking of panelists, we have two great ones with us today. Uh, two men that I recently interviewed over the last oh, year or so for the Successful Contractor podcast. And, and we thought that they had so much to offer, we'd, we'd bring them into this. So let me introduce each, uh, each of them. Um, our first panelist is Mr. Joe Voci of JDV Electric in Lansdowne, Pennsylvania, which is suburban Philly. Joe, flip that camera on for me, if you would. There he is. Hey, hey Joe. Hey, Bob. How are you? Good, man. Good. Good to see your face. Uh, joining us as well is, is Mr. Jonathan Nevis of Green Energy Mechanical in Canton, Massachusetts, which is just outside Boston. Jonathan, hit that camera for me, if you would. Oh, there he is. Good to see you, Jonathan. So excited you guys. Yeah, so excited to have you guys. Uh, just great stories about where you've gotten to this point. I know you guys had other good years and you're looking to, to have even better. Um, yeah, let's let's celebrate for a moment. Uh, let's talk about where you where you finished uh, last year. Joe, go ahead and, and share with everyone. You do uh, electrical, residential electrical, electrical solely. Uh, where'd you finish twenty twenty one in? Yep, twenty twenty one. We uh, we finally broke the million dollar mark, and we got to uh, about one point five million, a little little past that. That's awesome. Um, and we were able to do that at a, a nice net profit around twenty eight percent. That's phenomenal. Very, oh. very proud of my team. Yeah, that's great, Joe. That's great. Yeah, Jonathan, I, 
Yeah, Jonathan, I know you had a great, uh, good growth year. I know the net wasn't exactly where you wanted, but I know you had some hiccups along the way, but still a good year. Go ahead and brag on your team and what you guys ended up finishing uh, 2021 at. Yeah, so last year we did two and a half million. Uh, this year we finished at 4.4 million. And uh, our, our net profit definitely was not where we want it to be. But like I said, we're, we're really setting ourselves up, geared up for this year with a lot of growth yeah. in the new office and stuff. So uh we have a lot of great goals hopefully as long as we can get all the equipment (laughs) that's another another podcast (laughs) sure yeah that's the truth that's the truth i know yeah i know you say you've been investing a lot in the business in terms of new new marketing and and a new office so it's you know you sink that money that you're making back into it but i'm excited to see where you're going from here uh excited to to hear what both of you have on this really great topic um again it's going to resonate because you both were smaller guys not that long ago and now you know you're you're really growing your businesses to medium size and i know you're going to get big you know sooner than later so um joe let's throw it over to you again you're strictly an electrical uh you're you're no longer in the field right that officially happened what how how many months ago yeah i think pretty much like all last year i uh was working on getting out of the field uh last year i think i only ran maybe 40 service calls the whole year so yeah it was, it was, you know, if they needed me, I, I jump in the truck and run some calls. But uh, I find out it's, it's better if I'm not in the truck. <laughs> That's a big change for you. I know you really, you know, enjoyed that, and that was like some comfort level because you were top the producer, and it's hard to like let that go. It is, um, you know, I still, you still got to get adjusted to when you get in the office and your your day to day operations now, which is, uh, you know, still something I'm working on. But uh, as long as you you train your guys well enough, and they can go out and you know, replicate what you were doing, uh, Right. you'll find somebody that's going to probably do it better than you as well. So it's a that's good thing. Interesting. Now, who do you have working with you in the office? <clears throat> uh, in the office, I have Joe Sr., which is my father, and uh, I have Michelle, which is like my office admin. She, she handles pretty much everything in the office. That's fantastic. And how many trucks were you rolling to get to that 1.5? Uh, last year, we had four trucks rolling. Uh, we <laughs> just started with like an install team last year. So oh, pretty, pretty much okay. three three service trucks and uh we got started with that that fourth truck was an install team that kind of rolled out in september so we were trying to start okay. to pass jobs off and that really helped a lot okay now just younger like younger techs or people that just don't want to do the sales stuff or how are you using that position uh for the install team pretty much if, if they're not interested in the sales position of it um that's uh you know how we're developing for the install team with the labor shortage that we have, you know, trying to find talent that can do the work and also want to try to sell it, it you know, you're trying to narrow that pool down even smaller. So right. we, we have some talented guys that can do the work. We can we can keep them moving and installing. So that's what that's we're great. shooting to do. Good for you. That's great. Uh, Jonathan, obviously, you're in HVAC. Kind of share with everyone, you're in the office pretty much full time, right? You're, you're, you, I know you were doing some selling uh, up until, what, four or five months ago? Is that is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then what, who do you have with you in the office today? What's your support team like in the, in the office? Yeah. So like I was saying earlier, we, we really brought in, we're probably a little bit more office heavy at the moment uh, mm. because we're gearing up for this year. So we sure. have uh, our service coordinator, Samantha. Uh, we have I'm just kind of going through the room, trying to think everybody. Sure. Uh, then we have Melissa, uh, who's our service manager at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. She's she's probably going to be moving over to admin manager this year, and we're going to be okay. bringing on a new um, service manager. Um, we have uh, Kaja, who is an installation coordinator, and then we have uh, Kay, who's install management, and then we have HR recruit uh, recruiter slash recruiter, and then uh, Caprisa, who's also in admin right now. So mm-hmm. uh, we have a pretty robust office <laughs> staff. Yeah. No, that's all right. I know you 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 shared before we hit play. You want to get to eight million dollars this year, so you got to have that infrastructure so to, to to handle that additional business. So that's that's good. I know. Yeah, in the past I've always like done it the opposite, where I would like if we're growing, I'd grow the field side, and what yep. I noticed is the office side just like they're just like I'm about to quit. We're <laughs> like, <laughs> a little bit different this time, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. Invest on the front end so you don't drive everyone nuts. Um, for for people again, so they know what what does the outside look like? So, uh, you know, what how many service techs, maintenance techs, install teams, sales folks? You roll through that real quick. Sure. Yeah. So right now we have three install crews. 
Um, we have a project supervisor that uh, does walkthroughs on installs, checks on the guys, uh, does quality checks after the job's done. Mm -hmm. uh, we just hired another person that's going to be doing that because we know we're going to be growing uh, more. So he's he's on as well, uh, kind of helping with installs. But eventually this spring, summer, we'll have two um, uh, project supervisor, project managers there. And mm -hmm. we should be around five to six install crews. Wow. Uh at the moment, we have uh, four service technicians that just do service side. Yeah. That's probably going to be somewhere in the same realm, maybe four to five or something like that. Sure. Uh, one of those guys, we're going to be moving into the uh, management. So he's kind of cannibalizing his his uh, service tech side position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then currently, we have two sales outside salespeople. Um, and to what you said earlier, uh, they've been taken the lion's share of all the sales calls. I, I don't, I mean, I really don't do any, but uh, it might be like one here and there that might be a little difficult for them. Uh, sure. Really what I've been doing now though, in the last month is if it's something that's a little bit out of their, their wheelhouse, send me with them so I could just ride along with them and they can see how it's done. And then, so hopefully even those pretty soon I won't be doing it all. Yeah. Well, I know you guys, uh, Northeast, you got all sorts of different systems. It's not as clean and easy as, as some like the Midwest and, and beyond. Man, some of these members in SGI, they're so spoiled. They don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, it's really, you know, it is quite a bit easier than you guys with Northeast boilers and all this shenanigans. So, but yeah. uh, that's great because I think when I first interviewed you, oh, I don't know, a year or so ago, you were pretty much the only salesperson, right? So that's right. You just hired, I think, one salesperson hoping that he would take off. So it sounds like uh, you're doing well with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin um, has been a rock star. He's been doing really, really well. Um, and uh, we, we hired a new person towards the end of the year, Danny. We went through a couple of the guys that just didn't work out. Sure. Uh, but between the two of them, yeah, they're doing good. And I'm probably going to look to hire one more salesperson for 20 for this year. So mm -hmm. we'll probably have like three pretty soon. Um, that'll be doing. And that's kind of my goal is just stay out of the field, stay, you know, I hear some of these guys are like, oh, you know, sales are slow. I jumped back in and, and started selling. I jumped back in and got back into service. And yeah, I think that's, that's really bad because usually you're going to be really good at whatever it is that you do. Like if you're the salesperson, like the service and start, I think you start developing that mentality. Like nobody can do it the way I do it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's true. quit that urge and just stay put. <laughs> no, it's good. You know, I, I, um, I, I, you know, obviously I talked to all sorts of different size contractors. I was just cutting up for a podcast, Paul Bain's roofing. They're one of the biggest roofers in the country. And, and Paul's like, I just put people in place and I let them do their job, you know, and obviously yeah. the different metrics that you want them to hit. But if I, I may not do it the way they do it, but if they get it done, right, that's how you grow. If you start getting back into it, you never kind of, kind of hit that ceiling, right? You can never grow past that. Um, exactly. Real quick change of pace. I think a lot of times, especially smaller contractors that maybe, you know, one to three trucks based on the trade. Um, they don't immediately add staff because they're kind of afraid of, of the cost, right? Overhead of someone answering the phone or the cost of, you know, hiring another tech or salesperson and worrying that they don't have enough calls. And But when people understand uh, their numbers and they can see they can afford that, they can see that they have the call volume to support it, you know, they, they add those positions. Joe, let's throw to you. I know you're very numbers oriented. When did that happen for you that you understood what you know, how to budget, what KPIs you needed to hit that allowed you to go ahead and invest in your team and, and put people into place. Sure, really, uh, you know, knowing my numbers, I really didn't get until joining SGI. Um, when, when it came to, you know, hiring people and, and it was just me in a truck, um, you know, I should have hired a call taker sooner, uh, another technician sooner. I just thought I, I couldn't afford it, but yeah, you can. You just got to, you know, find a way. And, and then once revenue increases, you, you can definitely afford it. Um, mm -hmm. That was sure. uh, the pain point for me, just how am I going to afford to pay this person? But right. they, they they end up paying for themselves. Sure. Especially when you're priced right, right? That's a big part of it as well. Absolutely. Um, how, how do you manage by the numbers today? How do you, you know, are you looking at, uh, do you have like a dashboard or you use our Deemer that SGI has or, you know, and then and then how do you manage by the numbers? And then how do you respond to them um, every day? So say if, if your average ticket's off or closing percentage isn't quite where it needs to be or callbacks, notice one or two of those pop up. How do you, how do you address those? Sure. So, we you know, we set metrics for each technician for, you know, a sales goal and as well as like a revenue goal. 
Uh, with the install team now, we kind of have a, a higher sales goal. Right. So we're looking for a technician to sell roughly like 60000 a month, and that same technician to probably install between twenty and 30000 a month and trying to pass the rest off to the install team. Okay. Uh, if we see that, you know, average ticket is slipping or we're looking at conversion rate, we're obviously, you know, trying to see what types of calls they were on to see if there was, you know, what could have happened where they can, could have converted a different, did they offer enough options? Mm -hmm. um, were they just going for a home run type of deal and, and not offering the customer the, the best solutions? That happens right. sometimes. Sure. So it's really just making sure you're you're reviewing that with your technicians to help them, you know, get on the, the right path to making that self-correction. Sure. What uh, what threshold uh, is there a number threshold in terms of where the electrician will do the work versus pass it on to the install teams like, you know, twelve hundred bucks, two thousand bucks, or do you have a different way of measuring it? Yeah, we we just started with that, and we're looking at at two thousand dollars is kind of our yeah. threshold. Um, right. Now, obviously, if we're if we're slower at at this time, we're if it's a thousand dollar job and the install team has nothing to do, we're we're going to send them to go do it and keep sure. that technician trying on more opportunities. Sure. Are there any kind of metrics you're going to uh, use to keep an eye on the productivity of your install team, whether it be you know hours to install particular jobs, you know it should you know take X, or how are you going to kind of keep them to make sure they're doing what they need to be doing and not you know taking too long to to do X, Y, and Z at home? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So I mean, obviously on the on the P and L, I, I check my labor every month to make sure I'm running where it needs to be there. Um, mm -hmm. I do expect from the install team to, you know, install a certain dollar amount uh, per month. Um, mm -hmm. And right now we're looking at that. Their revenue goal is basically $60,000 that the install team has to get installed every month. Okay. Did, did you have to, I mean, did you expect, you know, are your gross mar is your gross margin going to get a little tweaked now with, with the install techs and, or did you increase prices to kind of account for that or, or what's your kind of mindset of where you'll you'll finish at the end of 2022 with additional staff? Yeah, I think it's it, it might throw my gross margin off another you know point or two higher, but uh, yeah. we we are going to be raising prices in February, so right. that should uh, correct some of it. Sure. Um, and, and most of my employees are are still at like hourly plus a, a bonus, so I'm not okay. paying a, a straight performance pay. Okay. Type of structure. Got it. Got it. Very good. I just I ask that because I know it's getting to be more and more common and popular for electricians and plumbers to 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 look at that kind of replacement model. So I was hoping I throw out some questions that people may may have. Uh, Jonathan, let's throw to you. When when did you kind of get really comfortable with your financials and budgeting and knowing what your KPIs needed to be? When when did that happen in your business journey? Uh, probably after uh, SGI. <laughs> um, That's all right. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, we're still learning more uh, every day with this. Uh, sure. You know, um, we we use the Deemer uh, okay. all the time, so I have people dedicated just towards that now. And uh, we just switched to Service Titan, okay. so that's becoming a lot easier uh, to to sure. to really look at the KPI. So we're still learning with the Service Titan because it's been so recent, honestly. Like, uh, I think around this well maybe like end of november december is when we went live so mm -hmm. um you know it's only been a couple months so we're we're but i i can see that it's going to be really really good because where we're going is i'm going to be just tracking all these different areas soon so right now i i, I rely more on the deemer and our right. pnls and stuff like that right right now i know switching softwares that's a big elephant to bite into so the fact that you feel as confident two months into it's pretty good good sign because uh, I know a lot of people, it takes months and months and months after that. Oh, service uh, Titan, again, that's another <laughs> podcast too. <laughs> um, all right, so so when you start seeing, whether it was the numbers in your Deemer or the dashboard of Service Titan, that, oh boy, you know, uh, our, uh, you know, we're not closing, the closing percentage on, on systems was it was a little off or something, or, your, you know, the, the average invoice on a replacement or, or your service ticket or whatever, if the numbers are off, how do you address those? Is that... Is that you guys discuss it during huddles? Is it training? How do you how do you kind of keep that on? You know, so it doesn't spiral out of control and become something that really drags you down. Yeah. So uh, this year is a really good year. Uh, last year, you know, we did pretty well profitability wise. I think it was like 13, 14 percent off the top of my head. Um, 
So kind of seeing this year, uh, in fact, around expos when, uh, you know, because I don't do all the financing, my wife handles more of it. Right. And so during expo in the fall, we were really breaking down all our, all our numbers. And I'm like, man, like we're not at where I, I thought we would be at at all. Um, yeah. And so since expo, we've done even more so where we're really making sure whether we're talking about huddles, sales meetings, uh, we have a, a weekly meeting every week anyways with our whole crew. So it's like uh, between service and install. So uh, if we're bringing those up as far as like average job tickets, um, we were having a big issue this year with, with guys just collecting service fees and then like sure. fixing something, but not charging them for it. So, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, keep, keeping track of all those has been really helpful. Um, mm -hmm. We had a pretty big issue in December with, with COVID just running through our company and like nobody uh -oh, was yeah. even working. So um, again, we're kind of getting back on track now with, with more zoom meetings, but actually having real meetings and, and going through, but yeah, those, those huddle ups and those meetings have been huge to, to kind of break those things down and address them. Sure. So they understand, you know, what, what they need mm -hmm. to be doing every step of the call and why it's important to be consistent. Sure. A hundred percent. Joe, I'm going to throw this, throw this over to you. you. You mentioned yourself. You probably should have hired a call taker earlier, right? You were, you were taking the calls and doing the work and, and just sweating it out. Um, what, what, you know, what, what finally made you decide to, okay, I got to get someone to answer the phones. Like what, you know, when, when did you finally hit, hit your breaking point on that? That's a, that's a good question, Bob. I, I think in the beginning I was using an answering service to, to answer the calls and they were kind of booking jobs for me and it was okay, but I was putting my destiny in, in their control, you know? Right. Right. Um, and finally I, I just got fed up with it and, uh, you know, at that point, I think uh, my wife had came in to answer the phones for me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. She did that for about, for about two years and it was good. We seen, you know, Hey, we can, we can get things rolling. Just sure. got to take that, that little leap, getting somebody in the, in the, in the office to answer the phones and then trying to get another technician. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a leap of faith, but it, it'll work its way out. Sure. Now, is that your, your call takers, is that purely an hourly thing or do they have any incentives as well to kind of keep them, uh, on their booking percentage and such. Yeah, it's it's hourly, and then uh, we I put together kind of a, a bonus on gross margin, which I don't know okay. if it was the right thing to do or not, but it's yeah. uh, it's working right now. <laughs> and, uh, probably something that'll need to be readjusted. Sure, sure. Now uh, you've added tax, right? And you're 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 growing. When do you know this again? You remember who your audience? Maybe you get some smaller guys on here that are always nervous. They're not going to have the call volume to support. But when when do you know it's time to add another technician or two? Or say when you're budgeting this for this year, boy, I'm going to add two or three more trucks. How how do you know that you're going to be able to do that? Uh, I think you always just need to be always need to be hiring. Yeah. So you know we, we would. You go to Expo and, and people would always say, hey, if you find the right guy, just hire him even if you don't have the work. And sometimes that's a little hard to wrap your head around. How am I going to afford to pay him? I don't have the truck yet. Um, but just looking back on that, just do it. You you will find the way. Mm -hmm. once, you, once, you get, once you get the ball rolling and you're advertising, your, your phone's pretty much going to keep ringing. You're going to keep increasing your ad spend. And, you know, you just got to find that guy and bring him on. Sure, sure. Uh, Jonathan, over to you. I know you know you're a mover and shaker. You don't you, you, your history. You just you just you just move, man, and then you ask questions later. Uh, I think when you started out, it was just you, and you, you found a couple guys to do some installs, and you just figured it out. Um, how, let's talk about phones. How did, did were you answering phones right away when you were a smaller guy, or, or how did you address that? I was. I was crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't even know. I'm, I'm <laughs> listening to Joe t talk, and I'm like, I don't even know how I even did all that. <laughs> Good thing we're all younger, right? Yeah. 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 I was driving myself nuts. But yeah, I ended up in, uh, hiring. Uh, I just, I don't even know. I think she was just a receptionist or something. I called her and um, just answered all the calls, booked all the sales calls, booked all the service calls, installs. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think about the money, you know, uh, yeah. Joe seems to be a lot more methodical with, when it comes to, uh, you know, understanding from the, that point of view. For me, sure. you put it perfectly. I'm kind of more like, I was even talking to my wife this morning about it. And I'm like, I, I think I was the only employee here for like two weeks when I started. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I, I never even did install. I, I was a service tech. And so 
Right, um, right. Our company's kind of still been really service heavy, but starting off, I was like, just hire some installers and we're going to be an install company. And uh, looking back, it it makes no sense at all. But anyone yeah. listening, I don't think that's probably the right way to do things. But. <laughs> well, hey, you found a way to make payroll, right? That's always yeah. a worry. Yeah, you pay yourself yeah, but a little bit. It's like Joe said, I think like, for me personally, and, and, and people listening to this could probably attest, like I've learned so much about myself from running a business where I'm not always going to have the answers, but I just think like imperfect actions always going to trump like the most preparation you could possibly get. Like jump out there and figure it out. Like if you know someone answering phones is holding you back, get someone there. Like, like Joe said too, like I used to be that type of person where I'm like, oh man, this person's a great candidate for a service tech position, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep them busy and I'd pass on them. And I'm yeah. like, you know, what are you doing? Like now I'm like, I don't care. I'll figure it out. I'll, 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 that's my, that's why I need to be in the office. Cause my job now is to figure it out. Like I'm going to bring in the talent, keep acquiring as much talent, whatever the position needs to be that I need right. to fill. And then I'll figure the rest out. Right. I like that. And that, that leads in to, to my next question. I'll throw to you, Jonathan. How did you, how did you recruit and, and interview people back in the early days when you were pretty much you running the show, where did you find time to do it? And then let's fast forward. How, you know, how much time do you devote to it now? And, and you know, what do you do now to, to recruit and interview people? Yeah, back in the day, it was a really scientific method. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was better uh, that than that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty much, you have a pulse, you're breathing. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. You're not a murderer. Awesome. <laughs> a lot of the guys starting off didn't even have all their teeth. So it was, it was very, <laughs> <laughs> it was very different back in the old days. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, eventually, you know, we started. I think the weird thing too that I was thinking is hard because I was really trying to think because, you know, it's, the company's been in business for 10 years and it seems like a lifetime ago, like the right. early days. But trying to figure out like how to acquire these good guys, you know, that it was almost like the chicken or the egg. Like, okay, we want great people, but uh, we had horrible benefits and we didn't have right. any vacation time and, I don't yeah. really have the money to do that. Yeah. So, you know, Bob, you're you're really always big into it. And I think that's that's it's it's important. Is if you can understand your numbers at those early ages, you can make sure you're making enough money, and then start giving those benefits and stuff. And then now you can start to acquire it. Right. Um, the, the the good talent, you know. Right. Today, uh, back in March 2021, I visited um, Gus and Milestone. Oh, okay. And yeah. Yeah, and it was a phenomenal experience. But one of the best things that he said to me was, he's like, you know, you're doing everything right. You're on the right path. He's like, you know, I know you're going to do good. The one thing I would do right away when you go back home is hire a full-time HR slash recruiter. Yeah. Like 100%. And it was kind of even that. I'm like, do I really need that out of my size? Like, I feel like that's a little premature. Yeah. And I still kind of felt like that. I still felt like, eh, I don't know if I need someone full-time. Sure. So I did. I just listened to him, came home, hired a HR slash recruiter. She has been worth her weight in gold. A hundred percent. I I now it's it's amazing because now I'll just say, listen, like we just had a meeting this week. And I said, I'm gonna need all these positions. These are the times that I need them. And yeah. that's it. And she goes out, finds all the 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 pay salary, the job descriptions. She'll go on the hub and look up the descriptions and tweak them to what we want. That's great. Gets them in, interviews them. If they're good, I'll interview them again. And it's just been a great pipeline for, for bringing in plumbers and everything. Like she's just been awesome. So um, I, that's something I would pass on to other people as well too. Like if you're, everybody's different, right? Where they're trying to be at. Some people want to stay smaller and make profit sure. and stay that way. You can probably tell from hearing me, I'm like really addicted to growth and very ambitious. Sure. So if that's what you're looking for, I think you need to get the right people in those places in order to, to do that. How, what were you at that time? So you said that was early last year. So let's see, 2020, you did what? Three, two or $3 million. So you weren't two a huge, a two and a half. So, you know, good size, but not gigantic HVAC company by any means, but you made it work where you could afford to, to pay her. Yeah. Like Joe yeah. said, just like, figure it out, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and then now I can see it's a really integral piece for us to hit that, seven eight ten million you know where right. we're, we're trying to get to you know 
for people that are that are watching and again are intrigued by that what what it kind of how do you incentivize her to, to hit those positions uh, can you give us any insight on that she just makes hourly um okay. you know the the other side that she helps with a lot too though is uh that i i didn't really think about but she's been really big on getting our benefits up to par with other companies and even better so okay. we stole some stuff from for instance cm heating where they they're really big into a four-day work week that was mm -hmm. really intriguing to me and so i said let's let's come up with a four-day work week it has okay. been phenomenal like the amount of i'll interview people and we'll go through our different benefits we have a lot of quirky benefits that we you know uh, created over over the year uh, yeah. but th once i hit that four-day work week and they're like what Usually yeah. that right there is what gets gets them. So I didn't really think about it being a piece to like bring on new talent, but it's right. it's been amazing. So how does that? How do you work that then? I mean, you you just stagger them so you cover Monday through Friday, or do you still do Saturdays? Or how how do you you know how do you manage that? We haven't started doing weekends yet, but I really want to get to that point. But right now we have one crew that works uh, Monday through Thursday, and then the other crews work uh, Tuesday through Friday. Wow. And that okay. way, uh, our, our meetings are every Tuesday, and um, so that way nobody misses them. And one thing that we did different than CM Heating, uh, that we did way better than CM Heating, is a <laughs> uh, <laughs> little shot of John, um, yeah. is uh, we, we actually uh, have it in our office as well. So our whole office staff is also staggered. Uh, wow. And uh, that's been really, really good for, like, burnout. Uh, I, I noticed the guys are coming back way more rejuvenated. We had a ton of call outs every week, every Monday, it just seems miraculously everybody's tires go flat and, you know. <laughs> get well, Mondays are bad for tires. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that, it's been really good. So that's like one of the pieces that I've seen, like, uh, like for instance, one of the things I think we're gonna be coming up with soon is mental health days. We're gonna uh, bring on a couple mental health days a year is just, you know, you could just say, hey, I just need a mental health day coming up or it right. might be, you know, whatever. Uh, but just really trying to be more focused on the employees. But I've noticed as far as growth, it's really helped to just, when people are hearing these different things they don't hear anywhere else, it's like, wait a minute, right. you got mental health days and 40 work weeks and, you know. Yeah, that's great. That's very interesting. Very good stuff. All right, um, Joe, let's let's kind of throw, let's, let's start off again. How, you know, what do you do for recruiting today to find electricians what's i forget what are the what are the, the laws in, in terms of uh, pennsylvania can they work under your license or do they have to be licensed i can't recall yeah pennsylvania uh we don't have a state electrical license okay <laughs> so right. it's uh it's tough to find guys because you don't you know you got to put them through the ringer a little bit when you bring them in to, to see exactly what they can do so sure <clears throat> sure so do you do you hire i can't and I, I apologize i know i've talked to you about this before but i can't remember off the top of my head do you bring in many experienced guys or do you prefer greener guys uh i think what's working for us right now is uh guys like in their in their late 20s middle 20s um that are hungry want to work and uh if they have a couple years of experience you know we can we can work with that and and you know train them uh, yeah. a little further Sure. that's what's that's what's been working for us it depends how hungry that person is too like what's their their willingness to learn and absorb it is you know is is crucial to their advancement yeah. how are you um how are you finding these these you know late 20s early 30s i mean they're kind of out of the party stage right they're maybe a family trying to settle down so where are you, where are you finding these guys at uh we use applicant list one of the vendors and uh post ads on indeed but it, it it just I feel like we get lucky with it. It's like it takes us like six months to find one person. That's like the magic thing. Six months to find one good technician. I wish we could find them sooner, but that's how it's been playing out for me right now. Are you now? Are you responsible for that in the office and, and posting the ads and following up, or or does someone else do that? Uh, so I kind of oversee that, but that's Joe Senior's role. He handles okay. uh, the phone interviews and setting them up to bring them in. Uh, but he probably outbound calls guys at least three three guys a, a day to try to to get them in. But sometimes it's they can't get past the phone interview to, to actually get them in for an in person interview. Sure. Now we uh, that, that's a good so good follow up to that is, is what are some things your dad goes okay I don't that's just we're not even gonna bring him in that phone that he didn't do very well in the phone part. What are some things that are obvious red flags? Uh, 
a couple of them would be, well, you know, obviously we got to pass the drug and background check and the, the clean drive record. Um, but usually when they say, uh, well, yeah, I, I can't do any side work or if, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of something. Or usually want like an astronomical dollar amount. Okay. And they've been doing it. They want. They've been doing it for two years, but want forty dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. All right. So, so Joe Senior goes. All right. This guy doesn't sound like he's. You know, he might be worth worth sitting down. Do you? Are you the one that sits down with that person next, or or is, is that then you're the one interviewing him? Yeah, that I'll, I'll handle the in-person interview. Okay. And and so two things you mentioned: skill level, right? You're not sure, and then hunger level. How do we determine that? So let's start with skill. What are some things that you do to determine if this guy really has a, a clue, or he's it's been doing new construction and doing one thing for the last ten years? Sure. He could have ten years experience, but one year repeated over and over again, right? Right. So, you know, we have a like a short twenty question test that's just on the code to see exactly what he knows. Okay. So I'll have him fill that out kind of like before the application. So then I can review that while he's filling out the job application. Mm -hmm. uh, if that checks out, then I have like a hands-on portion that I'll have him uh, do a diagnostic on like a three-way switch and see okay. if he can get that working. So that kind of okay. gives me, see if he knows some theory as well as working with the hands. Right. hundred percent. Now, hunger, boy, that's that's even harder. How do you, you know, what what do you do in your interviewing to kind of determine, you know, whether someone's really hungry or they're just looking for kind of a job and, you know, they might show up, they might not show up. How, how have you determined that? Sure. I mean, if he's if he's on time for the interview, that's that's a good first sign if he's on time early. Uh, sure. And then just, you know, through a series of questions, if if he's got a family, he's got if he's got kids, if he's want to advance his career yeah um they're usually some indicators or you know just talking about life experiences with them if sure he decided he wanted to go to the trade school right at, right out of high school and he, he put himself through that you know that's yeah. usually a good sign that he's motivated right right now do you have I, again for everyone do you have any apprentices that you have also kind of riding along or or or, or no I just we have one apprentice right now. We we brought him on board in uh, July of last year. Okay, very good. And he's just ro we're rotating with the different guys and and kind of learning at this point. Uh, we've paired him with the uh, with the in with our lead installer. So okay, that apprentice kind of makes up the install team with the lead installer. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So no, we want to make no. sure he can do the hands-on work before trying to advance him more. Sure. Now, and when he when you brought him on, was there an expectation that he might eventually get into? Did he show any interest in potentially selling at some point, or does he seem more comfortable in the just doing the work and, and doing a good job with that? Yeah, I think his role is is probably going to be an installer. I don't think he, he okay. would be cut out for selling, but he could definitely uh, you know be an installer. Support for this podcast comes from White Rogers, with over seventy five years of expertise in heating and cooling controls. White Rogers is proud to offer a full line of furnace controls, gas valves, cooling and heat pump controls, water heat valves and controls, as well as our leading edge thermostats. For more information, go to climate.emerson.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking to the Jonathan Nevis of Green Energy Mechanical in Boston and Joe Voci of JDV Electric in Philadelphia. And we're talking about growth, specifically how these small operators have turned into mid-sized companies. Uh, so let's jump back into our conversation with Jonathan and Joe. Let's talk a little more a little more training. Um, now, Jonathan, let's throw back over to you, get you back involved. You said you, you implemented a lot more training this year. I know that was something you weren't as religious about it at first. Uh, maybe again, kind of just explain what your training schedule is for everybody. I mean, that's how we, we, everyone production level goes up, right? So make sure it's training. So kind of talk what you do with your sale. Let's start with your sales team. How do you work with them or how you get them trained up? Yeah. So we meet every, every Tuesday. We'll, um, we, uh, go over anything that came up from the week before. Mm -hmm. We also have, uh, videos that we'll do from SGI. So we'll look at, uh, a lot of like the you know the perfect sales calls and and uh sd's really good at like sending videos that we can see and stuff yeah um, sometimes she'll come on and, and we'll do um trainings with her like role-playing training and stuff so uh, that's been great good. um 
And then as far as like, we'll, we send them to a lot of the SGI uh, classes, which we're gonna be sending some people uh, pretty soon, I think in quarter one, we got some stuff coming up, so that's good. Cool. And um, we uh, we also did a Joe Coursera training this year. So they, they did like mm -hmm. a week long training for that. Sure. Yeah. Very good. How about your service uh, service guys? What are you doing with them? When are they, how often are you meeting with them? Uh, similar. So, so at Tuesday's like the day that I meet with everybody. Uh, so okay. we'll do like one big meeting and then we do a sales meeting and we do a service meeting. Um, okay. Staggered time. So, so they have that. I do want them to start meeting together soon. It's just, I'm, I'm a little hesitant with this Omicron situation because it's sure. like I said, it really devastated oh, yeah. for a while. But yeah. hopefully we'll get to uh, twice a week that I want them uh, doing their trainings. But same sure. thing, Asti will role play with that. Uh, go through the service, the perfect service call. Um, we do a lot of the, like if if we notice it on the KPIs uh, that you know they're only collecting service fees. It's like okay, what can we do to start being more observant and and things like that. Sure. And then we we do have uh, a lot of trains that will bring in um, this vendors, so yep. they'll bring in equipment to our facility, and um, we're still in the process of of creating. Um, our own training area. So it's still a work in progress, but hopefully that'll sure. be done pretty soon. So that way we'll have all the equipment we install. It's all there. We just need to finish uh, wiring it and um, finishing the gas and stuff to it. But I'm really looking forward to that because then, sure. you know, that the goal is we'll be able to just go right out back there in our warehouse and um, start, you know, Jimmy rigging stuff and seeing, make it, uh, making sure they can troubleshoot it, you know? Sure, sure. Do you do you do much with your install team? I know that's always an interesting question. Some people do much. Some don't. Do you do any kind of training with them, or technical, or communication-wise, to kind of help with communicate with homeowners? Or what's your what's your outlook on that? Yeah, um, we need to do a little bit better on that side. Uh, that's that's probably the one department that uh, has been slacking as far as the the training side, uh, sure. for sure. But that yeah, we, yeah. But the, the we do some on Tuesdays. It's not it's not super in depth. Uh, what I started to do though, we have um, we because because it's starting to grow, so it's hard to kind of like train everybody. So what we're doing is like bringing in the lead guys, and we were talking about like how to talk to customers, how to show up, uh, laying down drop cloths. You know, like I'm yeah. really those are like if I come to a job site and I see like they're working in the attic and they just have one drop cloth under a ladder where the attic is like. I get pretty pissed off. So <laughs> yeah, like that. it's like, I want to see drop cloths all the way up the stairs from the front entrance, you know, um, right. so a lot of that we're talking about. Um, uh, I had a nice conversation with uh, Leland Smith um, oh, really? back in the yeah. fall. Yeah. yeah. And um, one of the guarantees that he has, I am obsessed with. It's like, so we're about to drop this guarantee, which is a uh, cleaner than we found it guarantee. Oh, okay. And, uh, if, your, if we, you know, do an install and your home isn't as clean or cleaner than we found it, we're going to pay to have it professionally clean for you. Oh, so, nice. I love that, that one. So we've, yeah. we've been doing some training on that because we're letting them. So what we started doing this year around November is giving them a daily bonus based on um, if the job is clean, if it's done on time, uh, if there's any callbacks within a month, certain criteria like that. And they get a little bonus check at the end of uh, every month. Very cool. Um, oh. Yeah, but now if if for instance they they were doing a job and left fingerprints all over the wall, that that uh, cleaner fee is going to come out of their their commissions for that. So sure. we've been doing a lot of training on that type of stuff, but they, we definitely need to do better. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Very good. Okay, uh, Joe, let's throw it over to you. How about what's your training schedule like with with your team? Uh, we shoot for Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, so. You know, we, we get in the habit of uh, we get busy and then we say, oh, we, we can't do training. I'm so guilty of this. Yeah. And uh, I, I got to stop letting that happen uh, yeah. because the training is, is so important to get done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we, we kind of focus, you know, one day on the sales aspect. And then the other day when we have the install team in there, we're more or less talking about code, installations, any new products that come out. Uh, anything revolving around the install or just code requirements. Okay, very good. So you do have the, I was going to ask about the install team. So they're in there on that at least Thursday. So everyone's together to go through that. Yeah, and I mean, I I do a lot of just like 
call by call training with the guys. Like uh, we use service Titan, so I can kind of see that the options that they're building. And if I see something's a red flag, I can get right on the phone with them before they present. So I'm kind of, you know, guiding them through each call. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Uh, just kind of, a, I'll throw it to you, Joe, this, this next question, we're, we're always running out of time. So um, how do you, in term, terms of expectations, performance expectations, how do you talk to your team about that? Do they know what their their weekly goal is in terms of revenue, what their closing percentages, average tickets, they know what all that needs to be? Yeah, we, I mean, we, we pretty much establish that during the point when they're being hired, they know they got expectations. Uh, right. And we, we keep that on a goal board on the TV, like in our training room, so they can right. they can see it every day. Right. And you said they're hourly, but do they get compensated in any way for hitting certain, you know, certain goals in terms of in terms of those numbers? Yeah. Uh, they get, any job over seven hundred fifty dollars, they get uh, three percent of it. OK, that's their uh, like commission or bonus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, so it was something quick and easy that when I needed something, that was our, our, our way to go. Um, Probably looking to go performance pay route in the future, but I just don't think we're there yet to to do it. Sure, sure. Jonathan, in terms of uh, like your salespeople, especially and even your service tech, do they do they have they know what your expectations are in terms of numbers they need to hit, and how do you kind of incentivize them on that? Yeah. So uh, similarly, we we we're we're aiming for a three hundred to four hundred dollar um, average ticket for service service uh, and certain like numbers for um uh closed jobs and things like that mm -hmm. uh they get commissions based on um anything over uh service fees they get five percent commission so it's just trying okay. to incentivize them to find more things and be observant sure uh, one of the things that they've been doing really good at that we've been focusing last year uh and through this year is uh flipping like lead turnover yeah yeah i was so, gonna answer that yeah and so we give them uh three percent of the sale uh for that so we're really trying oh. to be really aggressive and just have them keep doing that so that's been really good that's great and and do you like for your sales guys you have numbers posted in the office so they always have i mean but having two that's a good thing that you can compete against each other like is that is that something you do not yet um not yet. but i i definitely plan on it we're still Things are still kind of in transition with the office, so right. um, we're, we're, we're putting up, TV. we have the area that we're having TV similar to Joe, that we're going to have like service tight numbers uh, up there, so that's coming, sure. but yeah, right now we just talk about it every week, and and, um, and then I meet with them, talk with them through our like WhatsApp, and we're just like, hey guys, like we're not hitting the numbers yet, like we got to go, right. you know, hit it, so we do it that way. That's great. Yeah, let's go ahead. You, you mentioned office. I want to get to that before we kind of run out of time. How did? How long have you been in in this current office that that you're in now? Since uh, May, June, about Mayish, Juneish time of okay. 2021. And you went from how much? How many square feet to what? When, what are you at now? Uh the the first place was just an office. It didn't even have warehouse or anything, and yeah. it was it was about a thousand square feet, maybe a yeah. little under that. Um, this new place is uh, 5,000 square feet, uh, okay. including uh, warehouse and office space. Okay. How long do you think you'll be able to hang hang there if you continue the, the growth levels? I know. Um, so it's in like an industrial park where there's like multiple uh, offices, and uh, it's it, so the the people next to us uh, are uh, a biotech company, and they've like exploded in growth. So they're actually I just found out like two weeks ago they're moving. So I was oh, like, okay. let's go. <laughs> like, I'm hoping we can just kind of like keep keep going. Because uh, I literally what you said is I'm like, we're the pace we're growing at. We're kind of uh, already, you know, we already had to add more cubicles into the office. So yeah. it's been uh, it's been a little crazy. So yeah, our our hope is uh, they're gonna move out pretty soon in the next few months, and then uh, we're gonna look at taking over the next one next to us. So we can we can I think it'll probably be about ten thousand square feet at that point. Uh, okay. You know, eight to ten thousand, something like that. What, were there any lessons that you learned through moving into a new office that you could impart on somebody? We get we get it all the time. Boy, I'm looking at a new shop, but I don't, you know, what do I know that I don't know? Right, one of those types of things. Anything you yeah. learned you can kind of share with people? So one of the other things I learned from uh, being in Milestone and talking to Gus is uh, you, for every million dollars you're expecting to make, you want to do about a thousand square feet. Sure. That's definitely something I didn't know. So even moving into this place, we're like I was saying, we're already kind of getting to the point where I'm like, uh, we have a three-year lease here, and uh, 
you know, warehouse is already stacked up. We've had to get taller uh, shelving just to go vertical. We've, yep. you know, had an increased office size. So um, I think if I had to do it over, um, I would have definitely got a bigger office for the expected growth that we're going to be at. Not so much like just the next step, but right. a, a few steps ahead, even if it's going to be a little bit more costly. Because uh, yeah. going from where we went to now, it was like triple the cost for the office. But right. Um, right. just trying to plan that part out so that way, you know, you have the room to grow. Thankfully, sure. I think it's going to work out. But um, Gus is like right on the money with that. I think I think uh, a thousand square feet per million is, is a good metric. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Joe, remind me, how long have you been in your in your current office there? Uh, five years now. Five years. Now, before that, were you in your house before that? Uh, it was a mix. We started off in, in my house, and then yeah. we, we rented just a, a garage space, basically, where we can park a truck and put some material in. Didn't have a mm -hmm. didn't have an official office there, but uh, right. this was the first time we had an office and kind of warehouse combined. Uh, we have 2,000 square feet here. Okay. Uh, about 1,000 feet of uh, warehouse space and the rest between office and training room. Okay, maybe you know for those people that are watching that that again we get a lot of members who still work running out of their house. When would you feel comfortable comfortable enough, confident enough to to move out of that initial space? And then when did you feel confident or know that you could do the the next big step to a nice office? Uh, <clears throat> it was always kind of a challenge for me. It goes back to like hiring that first person. How am I going to afford it? it sure, is what you think. Um, and I always thought, well, I, I can't hire anybody unless I have an office, right? Because, like, I got to interview people. I got to bring them to a facility that they want to see. Right. Uh, if you can make it work in your house, you know, do it as long as you can and just make sure you're you're building in your overhead that you will eventually have an office one day. Right. So you'll have 100%. that money to acquire. Yeah. Like you, you should be charging the prices that you already have the overhead of an office if you don't yet. This yeah. way you can afford it when you when you need to. Good nugget. That's a really good one. Excellent. Um, all right, kind of just wrapping a few things up. Uh, Joe, let's go ahead and stick with you. Marketing, as you continue to grow and you know you want to add people, you got to make sure to have those calls. I know everyone seems to be busy these days. It's just been one of those weird things with COVID. I don't know why, but it is. How are you? Uh, how are, have you grown in your marketing and to ensure that you keep your guys busy? Uh, is it just more digital, or you know what what are you doing in terms of SEO versus pay per click and LSA and all that stuff. What do you utilize? Uh, we we discontinued pay per click probably about a year ago. Okay. We, we could just never get it to work for us. The spend rate was always really too high. Mm -hmm. um, maybe because we don't do emergency service. You know, I'm not sure, but uh, obviously SEO, local search ads. Uh, we use Home Advisor. Okay. Uh, do some direct mail. Uh, and we we typically just we, we spend around 10% of revenue to, to okay to yeah very good yep that's what you need to do especially electrical you gotta I feel like you gotta spend a little bit more than even some of the other trades um, Jonathan now to question you I mean you're growing you that you want to grow that's, that's you're, you're aspiring to get bigger and bigger so obviously it's finding leads right and you're in a, a dense metro area there's a lot I'm sure you got lots of competitors you know, traditional mediums like TV and you know, radio has got to be ridiculous in the Boston area. Yeah. So I'm sure it's mostly digital. I know you just this is be interesting. I, I'm, I'm sorry you went through it. I know you started you changed the digital company and they weren't performing at first. But I think there's a good lesson for other people to learn. You, you didn't allow it just to happen. You kind of held their, their feet to the fire and said, hey, we need to get this, this, this fixed. Right. Kind of share with people your experience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and just same thing, really hitting. Um, metrics with them so we're doing some direct mail seo um there's like a book i don't know if it's a national book or not but it, this one's called boston best pick report i'm sure other places have something similar it just goes out to towns and it has like every train that the homeowner might want to call and then they okay. have a tracking number that actually works really well for us uh, interesting yeah. yeah so that's like another way but i would say our biggest absolute biggest is pay-per-click and seo we get a ton from google and our website uh, okay from that. um but yeah it was just really like i i reached out to the owner of rhino directly and just was like listen we, you know i'm in a lot of the, the, the different facebook groups that he's into so yes, i think yes i'm sure that 
he, he wants to make sure you know he doesn't have like unhappy customers like spreading info. So I'm like, listen, I, I had huge expectations. I've, I've had meetings with him personally before, and um, like, and we have really ex strong growth strategy that we're looking to to hit, and numbers we're looking to hit, and this is a big piece of it. So, um, like, so now it's good. Uh, actually, right before this call, that's literally what I was doing is on the phone with our new account manager, and yeah. we're going over it. And so, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I, definitely digital is probably our biggest avenue right now. Okay. Very good. Um, all right, we are at, at well, 11:52 Central, 12:52 your guys' time. I'm going to ask some questions here that that uh, viewers were kind enough to ask. I think Jonathan, this is geared towards you because you're doing the four-day work week. Do your employees still work 40 hours per week? Was the question I, I got. They do. They work four tens. Okay, four tens. Very good. Well, your your audio is breaking up on me. What was that? The second part. Want to get more money, so I'll allow that they they can work that extra day if they want. Okay, they can if they want to. Great. Uh, someone asked, "How long have both of you guys been in business?" Everyone's uh, answering. Yeah, I, I started back in in two thousand five, uh, but it was just kind of always me as a one man show. My my father would work with me, get some guys here and there that worked for you, but nothing really real. I just just more of a job. And, yeah. Uh, 2013 is kind of when I got geared towards residential service and then finally joined SGI in, in, in 2015. Mm -hmm. Very good. And Jonathan, how long, you said 10, 10 years at Green Energy? Yep. Uh, August last year was our uh, 10th year anniversary. Okay. Congratulations to both of you. That's awesome. Um, the Another question was, I think, Jonathan, you talked about a few of them. You see you had quirky benefits, so someone was intrigued. What are some of the other quirky benefits that, that you offer that people find uh, that, that attractive to, to come jump work, work, work with you? Yeah, so I uh, talked about the mental health day. Um, we have our birthday paid off. We added some extra holidays that we don't always have, like, like Columbus Day, and there was another one. So it's a floating holiday so people can just take them whenever uh, okay so for instance if we have let's say uh thanksgiving uh we, we could do uh you can add that to the friday or whatever and, and have extra days off that like that. Okay. we um we increased our, our our vacation time but what we also did was we added um fun money so we oh. gave everyone uh 500 fun money just to literally go have fun on their vacation so Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that so every way? Like, so, so just $500 for all their vacation, they can use whenever they want it, you know. It's exactly. not each day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Right. <laughs> We're not there yet. Yeah. I'm always the one that was very, like, I actually wanted to make it a thousand. And uh, my wife and the HR director was like, easy, Jonathan. Yeah. They're always got a real me, and I'm always the one that's like to the moon with everything. So, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, you're, you definitely, um, Take the cake in terms of questions with your work schedule. What are the hours on these four-day work weeks? Somebody asked. Like, so, like, when do they come in? When do they work till? Uh, what is it? Seven to five. So seven same thing. Office seven to five. Okay, very good. Uh, let's see. Let me I, let me ask this question. We'll figure out why do you have a training module equipment rather than rely on your supplier for hands-on technical training? Oh, I guess. That's maybe for you, now, Joe, that actually might be for you because you have the hands-on thing in, in the office maybe, or, or I don't know, whatever, what do you guys see? Whoever wants to speak up on that question. Yeah, um, we do both, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have them uh, come bring hands-on stuff. I know that sometimes they, the hands-on stuff from the uh, the suppliers, it's kind of hit or miss. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um, so uh, this way, I, I really want to, again, it's not finished yet, but right now, what I'm doing actually pretty cool is all the apprentices are building the whole training area. So they're getting a chance to learn to install the boilers or the furnaces and air conditioners. Very um, good. But yeah, the goal is for them to be able to, we can really take our time. And yeah. especially when it's slower, that's my goal is that they're going to sit there and learn our, our stuff. So, you know, they're not learning at someone else's house. Yeah. Joe, do you, for your technical training, any, I mean, do you use suppliers much or do you prefer to, to direct it all yourself? Yeah, I pretty much direct it all myself. Um, right. Most of, most of the time, the suppliers, I think they they want a minimum amount of people that they're going to talk to. 
right. if you're going to bring like a, a rep in for lighting or something, they usually want to be able to talk to about 10 people. And we just, we don't have that capacity yet, or we'll be there sure. soon enough, but. Right, right, right. Good stuff. Um, just kind of a, a couple wrapping things up. Joe, I'll throw to you because again, I know you, getting out of the truck was a big deal for you, and now you've got a little over a year of, of, of being in the office. How how nice is that? How how much more are you able to get done in terms of growing the business now that you're not a key cog in generating revenue? You know, how, what's that meant for you and for the business? Uh, it, it means a lot because you can focus more of your efforts on growing the business rather than just you know trying to go out there and, and wrench for them dollars every day instead of trying to build some processes and and look at things on the back end that can bring in more revenue for the company right right so. jonathan kind of same question how is it now getting out of sales and trusting your team to do what that what you expect them to do and, and not jumping in there the minute these things get a little screwy how, you know what's that meant for the business and being able to direct it and grow it uh, everything you know without I don't think I'll be. I don't think even to the growth we had this year, it'd been impossible if I didn't. You know, and so I, I see that now. You know, my job is to say yes and no to people, and to bring on the talent, and to make them as successful as I possibly can. That's all my job is now. That's great. Okay. Very last question to each of you, uh, Joe. What what advice might you give to say an ESI or a PSI member? Because the models are kind of similar, right? That that was just one or two guys, and you know, maybe think of where you were. When you first started adopting the model, anything you would share with with him or her, and, and how to to get to where you are currently? Yeah, if it's just if you if you're by yourself, make sure you know your numbers and you're priced right, and don't you know don't sell yourself short on anything of that. And if it's just you and that truck and you're running the service calls, make sure you know how to run a service call perfect. Yeah. So that next guy that you hire, you can train him mm -hmm. and, and be ready yeah. to go. So. Priced right and make sure that you're running the service call the right way so you can, you can train the next guy. Perfect. Good stuff. Jonathan, let's, it's kind of the same question to you. Let's think back maybe eight, nine, ten years ago, you and you've got a couple guys installing stuff. You're just the service guy. Think of someone that's in your shoes, those shoes. What would you tell that person that, based on your experiences over the last eight years to help help him or her out? I think what Joe said earlier is right on the money with um, – being priced right, not even so much now, but in the future. I think a lot of guys get into that where they're like, well, I'm, you know, I, I would go out of my home and my office is from my, my house and then my overhead's really low so I can drop my prices. Yeah. Knowing what I know now, my MO would be, uh, hey, listen, if you call, for instance, Green Air, I mean, they can, but let's say you call some really big company in our area, are you gonna have that owner come to your home and fixing your system and personally guaranteeing your satisfaction? Here in my company, I'm actually going to make sure. So don't be afraid to charge the numbers uh, that you that you will be growing to, because yeah. now you'll be able to use that money to be able to get to those next places. I think for us that was a really big problem where we just weren't price right for years and we're just staying around, staying around, until a couple of years ago when we when we met SGI. Like we, yeah, we, we, I had to make a change because it just wasn't working. So well, I, if I could go back, that's a hundred percent what I would do. Right. Good stuff. Great. Well, hey, guys, uh, Joe, Jonathan, I cannot thank you enough for taking some time out of your middle of your day. I know there's plenty of things you could do. And I just want to thank everyone that, that's viewing. I really appreciate your questions. Uh, as a reminder, this video will be available soon for SGI members on the hub. Uh, then several weeks later, it will be distributed through as an, as an episode of the Successful Contractor Show, which is a reminders on YouTube and your podcast player of choice. So again, thank you, everyone. Have a great day. And we'll see you uh, next month for another monthly member discussion. Have a good one. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. All right. Thanks, see you guys. Bye. Take care. That's Jonathan Nevis of Green Energy Mechanical in Boston and Joe Voci of JDV Electric in Philadelphia talking about growth. Thanks for joining us. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchen at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. If you're on your favorite podcast player, leave us a five-star review. And please join us for future episodes. It's my promise to you that we'll continue to interview successful contractors and other influential individuals in residential contracting. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Bradford White. Bradford White is a full-line manufacturer of residential and commercial water heaters and boilers. While being manufactured and assembled in the USA by American craftspeople, 
Bradford White's goal is to deliver high quality, superior products specifically built for the professional contractor. You can always count on the performance and reliability of our built-to-be-the-best products. Visit BradfordWhite.com to learn more. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com.